0: And you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, now?
1: Hi, Niall. How are you? Um, I had a baby myself in 1983. I gave him up for adoption. But thankfully, things were starting to change then. Um, I actually got to meet his adoptive parents. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of a consolation for me to know who was actually going to be looking after my baby.
0: And what, what was, can I ask you, if, and if I ask you a personal question now that you don't want to answer, please just yeah. don't answer it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, at the time, what was the reason that you wanted to put your child up for adoption? Did you just well, say you couldn't cope?
1: Um, my mother gave me a choice, either go into a mother and baby home and have him, or, sorry, <laughs> or come up for adoption.
0: I'm sorry, I don't want to upset you, and I really don't want to upset yeah,
1: you. So it's okay, it's all good, it's all good. Um, so I gave up my job when I was six months pregnant I went to live with a family in Dunshockland who looked after me they gave me bed and board and I did some babysitting and lighthouse house duties and then I went back home after my baby was born Do
0: you know what shocks me more about the story so far? This is not 1953 this is um, 1983 Yeah It's only a it's short
1: not while ago, ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly Yeah Um I, I never I never forgot about him, I never kept him secret, ever. Um, everybody knew I'd had a baby and given him away. Um, then I was watching a programme one night on the television on adoption stories and I thought, I have to find my son I need in my life. And I made contact with the adoption agency in Dublin and the first thing that he said to me on the phone was... Um, you are aware he might want to have, have have anything to do with you and I thought oh my god I'm ringing here with happiness in my heart and that's the first thing he says to me on the phone I know he was only doing his job or whatever
0: you felt it was quite but, negative yeah
1: yeah it just knocked me for six and then he said we have to wait until your files meet, match up and whatever
0: so they have to wait. So they basically put down on their file that you have an interest, and yeah. then they have to wait till he contacts yeah. and says that he has an interest.
1: Yeah, and he was he was twenty three at the time, so he was an adult. You know,
0: mm. yeah, he's over eighteen. Um,
1: yeah.
0: And did they not? Did they not say that they would contact him?
1: No, no. They said they would have to wait until so he contacts them. Came in. Yeah. Until, and See this. This is
0: where the problem is, and people yeah. could be waiting years. It may not come into his head. People move on with their lives, and it exactly. may not just be in his head. But as soon as maybe he thinks about it a bit more, maybe it would, and he'd contact them. But you, you kind of sometimes need to be a little bit of a push, I suppose.
1: Yeah, yeah. But thankfully, you know, he started searching this very same time as myself. Oh, that's he, brilliant! He just kept hitting a brick wall.
0: That was in 2011. So I, this would have been, yeah.
1: Yeah. So then, he went to um, a tracing agency. And they actually found me.
0: Okay, was that a private agency, was it?
1: Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so, um, and that what was, that, what was that day
0: like when they contacted you?
1: Oh my God, I just...
0: It must have been I a wonderful day.
1: Yeah, I just could not believe it. I couldn't believe it. Because um, had
0: you, when you contacted them originally in 2011, uh, the Adoption Society, or the Adoption Agency, you, that, you said that knocked you for six, obviously, because it was so negative. Yeah. Had you kind of given up hope then?
1: Um, I'd say a year had gone by, and I thought, this is never going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then, unfortunately, there was personal tragedy in my own life, and that kind of took...
0: Sidetracked you, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah,
1: and then I kind of got back on track again, and I thought, no, oh, this is never going to happen. And then, eventually, I got the phone call um, in the middle of February, and we met then on the 1st of March.
0: What was it like seeing your little boy after oh 20, my God. 25 years? It
1: was just unbelievable.
0: If I was to say to you, what organization is responsible? Think of an organization in your head that is responsible for controlling a population, their thoughts and fears. Controlling the morals of society, policing the morals of society, treating women like dirt and second class citizens for decades, abusing children in education, abusing children in orphanages, raping children, allowing babies to die from neglect, denying wrongdoing every time they get caught, withholding information of sexual abuse and rape of children from Angarda Sheikana to protect their colleagues. Filling the citizens' heads with their own moral thinking. Moving paedophiles from place to place to avoid the authorities. Duping elderly people out of their property inheritance by promising them they're going to a very special place when they die. Treating women like slaves in workhouses called laundries. You starting to get the picture now? And not paying them a wage for the hard work they do. Taking children from their mothers and shaming them into selling them and giving away their babies. Carrying out all these crimes against humanity in almost every country they've set their foot in. Fought Toot and Nail to make sure that gay people could not secure their love in a tradition of marriage. Fought Toot and Nail to make sure that women and men who had fallen out of love stayed together, miserable and happy forever. Fought Toot and Nail to make sure that women in crisis pregnancies and those hard cases that we've spoke about as well would not have the opportunity to have a termination of pregnancy. Fought Toot and Nail to make sure nobody used contraceptives. Fought Toot and Nail to continue to shame single parents. Denied they did anything wrong when many children born and unborn were were found in tume, sold Irish babies to rich Irish and Americans, and today we're told they gave babies to adoptive parents, illegally register them as birth parents, and what could only be described as fraudulent birth certificates. If that was a private company or an organisation of any description, say a retailer or something like that, and they were responsible for everything that we've heard about over the last 15 years, you'd say, get them out of the country. We don't want them here. Nobody would shop there. Imagine a company who was responsible for moving pedophiles, who lied about their staff and said, "Oh, they've done nothing wrong. Just move them to a different department. All right, nobody'll know." Imagine that. We would want nothing to do with them if it was ever exposed. But yes, like little sheep, they run back in the doors. The basket comes around, and they put their money back into it again. Why? How? Somebody explain it to me. Reader, you're on Classic Hits it. breeder.
2: Hi Niall, how are you?
0: Good. Okay, do you believe that if a woman is at home, or a man is at home, the person's at home, should they do all the housework?
2: I think it's 50-50.
0: Mm.
2: I mean, I, I didn't marry my husband to, you know, wipe the for him, so to speak. So <laughs> 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 Yeah. But, but, but I, anyway, is he at work? Knows knows I have a four-year-old. He's working, yeah, and he does work very hard. But I mean, anyone that knows me knows I have a four-year-old child, but I also have a 40-year-old child to clean up after. Oh
0: right, okay. So you know, so, just, so you've one child? Yes. And are you working yourself?
2: No. Okay, so you're so
0: you're at home, you're a homemaker, yes. you've one child, he's out working full time, so yes. when he comes in at night, Jim believes you should have the dinner ready for him
2: ready for him everything's more or less ready for him but like it's I think he's an allergy to washing machines and dishwashers has he definitely yeah. I mean even I was going out one night and I left ironing for him to do when I came back it was I won't say it was folded but it was balled into the thing <laughs> so I asked him "Why had it done and the iron had broken I found out to my brother the following day he'd remo- removed the fuse from the iron from the plug <laughs> so I thought fine I won't use it for the next week. Um,
0: he can wear creed shirts. He came back.
2: Yeah, exactly. He's going out the next weekend and I got out the shower, came in and he said, oh, we've ironed us. I said, sure, the iron is broken. Came back and miraculously, the, the fuse had gone back into the <laughs> iron.
0: Louise, how are you? Louise, Louise you are from Justice Reborn. I am indeed. And this is the group that caught this individual that's caused all this conversation today, this individual in our turn, 41 years of age. I'll ask that you don't name him on the air for obvious reasons. No, I won't name him. We, we know he's a scumbag, but we can we just can't name him on the air, alright. No, no, he, no, he's more than a scumbag,
3: he's a sexual predator.
0: Right, but Louise, you were the decoy as such. You were the one who was in communication with this yeah. uh, individual before you arranged the meeting or they arranged the meeting. Yeah. Now, you've heard what the garda Síochána have to say in the matter. They said the actions by such groups are a cause of grave concern for garda Síochána and other police services. The activity engaged in and the manner of confrontation between the groups and the targets has been potential for violence and could result in harm in, to, to persons present. And they're also obviously concerned about the legalities of what, Groups like yourselves do. Yeah. Um, this is the problem. As much as we applaud you for outing these individuals, there is a danger. Firstly, you know, the wrong person could be outed. We had a situation in Belfast where somebody happened to have the same name as one of these individuals and because they're now being named before they're convicted, if you know what I mean. And, and the other danger is that you could be a danger to yourself apart from anything else or you may not get a legal conviction because essentially the, the 11-year-old, as it was in this case, doesn't exist
3: well, you know what, Niall, like if, if they do get a conviction or they don't, even if they do, um, what kind of convictions do they get? They get a slap on the wrist. That's what they get. And they're allowed back into the community. Like I saw on someone's post last night, a young girl had two young children that lived near it on the same road as that chap. Mm-hmm. And she was delighted that he was out it. Now, he was let go after a couple of hours of questioning.
0: His phone was taken off, him, I believe, yeah.
3: His phone was taken off him, um, but he was let out. Now, he's let out to do the exact same thing. It'd be like as if the guards went in. But the difference between what we do and what the guards do is he'd be let back out by the guards and um, nobody would know any different of what he'd done.
0: See, there, so there, is, there is a danger for you as well, from, well, not for you personally, but we have a thing called citizen's arrest, right? Uh, uh-huh. And, and I, I don't know the, the legalities. I'm sure you, you've spoken to solicitors and lawyers in relation to it. What you're Absolutely. doing, is, is that a citizen's arrest?
3: No, I never placed them under citizen's arrest.
0: Are you detaining them?
3: Uh, no, I never told him I was him I told him I was there to talk to him. Right,
0: so could invariably one of these guys that you catch and you start a video or film, could they drive away?
3: Uh, well, if, if they decided that they want to drive away, then yes, we would put them under citizen's arrest.
0: And that, and that then puts you at risk because I was reading about citizen's arrest. Although it's legal in this country and you can do it, it you, you, you do take a risk that if the individual is then not convicted, they in turn could charge you for falsely detaining them and for defamation of character. So there's a risk involved with citizen's arrest.
3: Well, you see, Niall, obviously because I'm the decoy in, in on both the 11-year-old child that he went to meet and the 14-year-old child that he was talking to too. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I had him on the 14-year-old for... Over two and a half months, and on both both uh, decoys, he literally bombarded me every single day, and it was. All and when you
0: were saying he bombarded months, you, he was instigating the conversations.
3: Oh, all, all the time! See, what we do now is we get decoy pictures of someone who is over the age of eighteen. Uh, they give us written consent to use their pictures from when they were, you know,
0: when they were children. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and they give us written consent and obviously to say they're told exactly what we're using them for. Um, we then set up dormant accounts. We do not entrap them. They come to us first. They initiate the contact with us. Then we, within the first couple of messages, we will tell them how old we are. I constantly told that guy from Arcane I was 11 years old. When he was initiated. but sure, he, he even
0: admitted it himself. He admitted he knew he oh. was coming to meet an eleven-year-old. Yeah. He it
3: himself. Now we don't. I, I find kids. it
0: difficult to watch. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. It,
3: it and it's very difficult. It's very difficult being a decoy because you're the one and you're sitting there going, "Oh my God, they think they're talking to a kid."
0: Liz, you're on classic kids. Go ahead, Liz. Hi, Uh Liz, you, you heard Nicola there. She thinks it's insulting, degrading, selfish. Off. Yeah, I just you. think
4: there's something wrong with who really Listen, <laughs> Look. It, the Valentine's night is all about getting your groove on, right? Getting now, your groove, the the day, Did you get your groove
0: on? on. Did you get your of groove course, on? Did you get your groove on? Of course,
4: absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, listen, it doesn't matter what he's doing for you, do you know what I mean? Buying you flowers, whether he's cooking you a dinner, beans, on toast, whatever it may be. He knows that the end of the night, he wants something like after that, do you know what I mean? So the more he gives you, you,
0: the better that experience is so, going to be at the end listen, of the night. <laughs> well, I'd
4: rather look nice in it, do you know what I mean? When I get my groove on, do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, so if he bought and your you know, sexy underwear, uh, you'd be mm-hmm. happy to throw it on you.
4: Absolutely, be loving on me all night.
0: Yeah, and has he ever bought you underwear?
4: Of course, I've got underwear. <laughs> Absolutely, I mean, he's bought me things now. Look at him, go, yeah, just joking. You must have been a <laughs> when you're looking at that. Because I'm small, like, I'm on a five foot and a peanut, like, I've no height at all. At my heaviest now, I'd have been size 16. Okay. And I mean, he's coming back, like, with a fishnet thing, a whole body stock of fishnet. <laughs> it's the whole lot. Like, I'm looking at him, going, that's just not going to work. I
0: want to speak to Elaine Hughes. Elaine, good evening to you, how are you?
4: Hi, how
0: are you? Elaine, before we start, can I give you my condolences on the loss of your son, Darren? 17 years of age, only a very young man, his whole life ahead of him. Um, Thank
4: you very much.
0: What, what sort of a chap, first of all, was Darren? What sort of a, a boy was he?
4: He was very happy. He was an absolute diamond of a lad. He really was.
0: Back in 2012, did you notice any changes? Did you notice anything happening? Did did he come? Had he got concerns? Did he come to you about
4: it? No. I, even up until the day that it happened, there was no indication at all. I've gone over it and over it and over. It. Looking
0: for the signs, looking for the clues. To
4: see was there something that I missed?
0: The day that Darren went missing, what, what time was it? When was the last time you saw him?
4: I had seen him um, at uh, about two o'clock on the Wednesday. Okay. And he went out, just like normal. Um, it was, my birthday was in two days. He had, himself and his brothers and sister had gotten me a present for my birthday. Uh, right before he left, um, I was teasing him, asking him if I could open it. And he was saying, only two more days, ma'am. You we'll have have to, you'll to have to wait. And, <laughs> And we were laughing and joking and he said, okay, I'll I'll see you later on, I'll be home. Be home at 10 and I love you. And I said, okay, see you later, love you, be careful. And off he went. And
0: you didn't know they were the last words, of course, that you'd speak to him. At what point did you become concerned then when he didn't obviously come home?
4: Faithfully, if he was going to be late, uh, he'd contact me and it was about five past ten, and I rang his phone, and it was off. He always checked in. Yeah. So by half ten, I knew something was wrong. The guards came out to the house and asked for a picture, a recent picture, uh, if Darwin had any identifying marks. Um,
0: and what he was last wearing, et cetera, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And they asked if they could go through his room. They said that they had spoken to one of his friends. And I didn't know at the time that they were actually looking for a suicide note.
0: And why Why do you think they were looking for a suicide note? What, what do you think the friend had said or what, had the friend indicated that maybe Darren had spoke about it?
4: Yeah, so they went back and I was told that they'd contact me later. The type of child that he was, he he wouldn't stay out of contact, especially with me. We were so close that he just wouldn't stay out of contact with me. So we put it up on Facebook. Uh, all his friends shared it. Um, a friend of his, he remembered seeing Darren at, at this warehouse the day before and he was quite down. Mm-hmm. And he went to the warehouse, and that's when he found him.
0: I'm so sorry to hear that, Elaine. So Darren Darren had gone to this warehouse and and taken his own life.
4: Yeah, sorry and for getting upset.
0: No, it's okay. It's okay. And when did you hear that? When did the friend contact you or contact the guards? or
4: um, He actually contacted nine nine nine.
0: Okay. That must have been terrible for the friend to see as well and the friend obviously had to witness that and it's something he'll never unsee I suppose too.
4: I couldn't even begin to think of what he went through because Mm -hmm. he tried to save Darren. He, He honestly thought that he could save him and he did so much to try and we didn't know that he'd been there for nearly 24 hours already.
0: So it seems that he had gone directly there when he left you that afternoon.
4: Yeah, shortly thereafter. Mm. I hadn't heard anything from the guards and I rang. And uh, while I was on the phone, I heard another guard speaking, saying, is that our missing person? And I said, is that that my son? And they found my son. And she said, "Uh, I'll ring you back in a few minutes within I'd say about ten, fifteen minutes, uh, they were at the front door. I'm sorry. And yeah. I knew and they walked in.
0: It's a sight it's a sight no parent ever wants to see, two guards at a front door.
4: No. They walked in and I just said to you, Have you found him? Is he okay? And she just said, He's dead <laughs> Just like that.
1: And um, the world as I knew it ended.